This is Brandon Silvers, and you're listening to the Chore Boys Podcast. everybody welcome back to the final troy boys podcast episode of the 2022 season uh we've got a lot to talk about a lot to celebrate and so let me uh first get started by issuing an fcc warning um that i had provided to me by the marshall service um if you were a james madison university fan listener i need you to know that this podcast is going to contain facts um and logic and reason um and that might really hurt your feelings and so please feel free turn off the podcast crawl back under your eight and three blanket um Mm -hmm. you know and celebrate whatever fictional narnia season you believe that you've had um because if you listen to this podcast it will hurt your feelings um and you'll end up much like the namesake Uh, of your college, uh, a footnote to a bunch of other people who were better than you. Um, So, so please, you know, uh, just, you know, I don't want you to hurt yourself. Um, I want you to be very careful. This is intense fire stuff that's about to happen. So to our, to our Dolly Madison fans, you know, just go ahead and press pause, go somewhere else. Don't, don't worry about it for everybody else. Let me welcome in. Uh, the two biggest animals in Trojan Nation. First, let me welcome the chairman of the board, the best in the business. If it's a bird you must squish, just look for the fish, Seabass. Hey, Joe, throw them fins up, Trojan Nation, 12-2. and two. We did it, sealed the deal against the Roadrunners, and here we are looking at a wonderful offseason, lots of opportunities to grow, and look forward to the 2023 season. Oh, nothing, nothing but bright seas ahead, my friend. Uh, and now let me welcome in our producer, the fine-feathered phenom, the Birdman. How are you, Birdman? What's going on, guys? So glad to be here. Excited to talk about this Troy team and this epic season that we've had. I mean, there's just there's no better words to describe it as epic. Maybe a little scary, maybe a little heart attack-inducing, but epic is the first word that comes to mind. For sure. Uh, let's talk about the game day experience uh, for the Cure Bowl um, I was in Orlando. I was sitting there uh, in the soccer stadium, uh, enjoying the game. Um, a, a really, the, the Troy Athletic Department does an excellent job uh, at bowl games and, and travel games. As always, um, we went out to the Portofino Resort uh, and did kind of a tailgate and a Trojan walk with the players, um, and then went down by the stadium, enjoyed some tailgating um, with the. Uh, kind of Trojan faithful that had assembled, um, and and it was a really great time. Uh, a really good bowl game, really well done. Um, the stadium is in not a great part of town in Orlando, uh, but you can tell that they're kind of trying to to revitalize it. Um, I think that in five years, if you go there, it'll probably have changed drastically, um, and, and they this bowl will be part of that because they've made a lot of great investments. Um, the stadium was great. 
not a lot of UTSA fans there. I know, you know, I, I'm going to take several shots during this podcast at our frenemies from the Alamo Dome uh, Audible podcast. Um, but they kind of made it sound like they had, uh, you know, a larger crowd than us. Um, that's a fine thing to think unless you believe in numbers, um, because that certainly wasn't the case. Uh, it was a vast majority Trojans and a very small number of Roadrunners. Um, and so it was an, an excellent experience. And then after the game, everybody rushed to the field. That was an excellent experience. So uh, to all the Trojans who went down to Orlando, thanks for for making Orlando feel like home. Uh, Bass, Bird, uh, you both watched uh, on ESPN. Talk to me, if you would, about the telecast experience. It was probably one of the better telecast experience that I've had. Uh, I mean, I guess because it was a bowl game and it was actually on ESPN, it was just a good broadcast. Uh, I mean, I didn't really care for the commentators. I don't know any time that I actually care for them. But uh, I don't know. It was just a good – I mean – I guess that this for this game, I wasn't really, I didn't care anymore. I didn't care what the commentators had to say or what the telecast looked like. I just wanted to watch the game. But overall, I thought it was a pretty solid performance. I think the actual coverage on ESPN was pretty good because it was on ESPN. Like they actually had quality equipment, um, and and it was it was actually broadcast very well. Um, I think that the only real um, negative, I guess I could say about the broadcast experience is that Beth Moens is tough to listen to unless it's a softball or women's basketball game. Oh, that's um, who it was. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's kind of tough. Um, but I think the game was pretty good. Uh, whoever did the mic work for to get the crowd noise. Excellent. Yeah. You, you could hear the crowd pretty clearly, but you couldn't quite tell what they were saying. And Sots was on fire. Oh my gosh, the quality. So loud. It was so good to hear your own school's, you know, band really hype up the atmosphere and 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 do their work and it was really good to hear uh sitting on my couch um after work. Absolutely. Uh let's dive in to breaking down this Cure Bowl. Um so Troy wins the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. Uh we won it 18 to 12. Uh, over the Conference USA champion UTSA Roadrunners uh, in a game that was really right up Troy's alley. I mean, it seemed like kind of all the games we've played this year that were close, um, a real defensive struggle. Um, let's talk about what we didn't like about Troy's performance in the game first. Bird, I'm going to go ahead and pass it to you. Uh, what, was the, what was the thing you saw in Troy's performance that you didn't like? Uh, I think the one thing that I saw that I didn't like was it seemed like we were still playing in the yellow and blue confetti at the vet while we were there. Um, you know, understandable. I mean, you know, definitely still on that high of winning the SBC championship game. But I was really worried after those first couple of few botched plays that should have easily given us two more touchdowns that we had. Um, but, you know, offensive production has been our biggest woe this season, so I wasn't completely surprised, but I was hoping for more of a little bit of, you know, hey, guys, let's wake up. We still got business to take care of. So, yeah, for sure. How about you, Bass? At what point do we step back and say that this offense isn't working? That that was oh, that was gosh. my that was that was my problem with the game. Um I don't think we made many offensive adjustments. We just kind of kept sticking to the plan and the plan wasn't working for us. Um, you know, we had the 
the three and out first drive, second drive was five and then fumbled. Then we had the three plays with the safety, which we're not going to get into the safety. We're not going to talk about it. The three and out punt, the three and out punt. Um, and then we had that finally had the touchdown drive um, there late in the second quarter with the pretty impressive um, interception fumble recovery. That was pretty dope. Not going to lie. You know, that there weren't many times where I sat there as a Troy fan and said, yeah, look at that interception. We needed that. Um, that was one of those opportunities that I said we needed <laughs> that. Um, and then we follow that up with another interception. And then we come back from the second half, four and out, and then three and out, and then five and a touchdown, and then a field goal. It, it was just kind of like the offense never really got going. We were three for 14 on four, third downs. 153 total yards. Uh, UTSA outdid us in offensive production all day, which we knew was going to happen walking in. If you listen to our preview for this episode, there was no shock and awe that UTSA's offense was better than ours. But just looking at numbers, uh, it was bad. The offense was rough. Uh, the only thing that kept us alive in this was the defense, and I'm uh, I'm very appreciative of their hard work. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, you know, I think I, maybe I'm just digging a little bit more in um, to some of the things that y'all are already talking about. Um, but we, we're still witnessing some issues at, at O-line, you know. Um, it seemed like we had solved some of those problems in the last three to four games. The offensive line seemed to kind of be uh, uh, coalescing, um, but it was an issue back in this bowl game. Um, you know, Gunnar Watson, and, and maybe we'll get into this, maybe we won't. A lot of people, uh, you know, back to saying fairly terrible things about Gunnar Watson. But uh, there were, I mean, a lot of those snaps, there was nothing he could do. He was absolutely in duress from the moment he got the ball. Uh, and the O-line was not providing him the protection. Um, so we, we kind of seemed like we had fixed it. Um, and then UTSA was back taking advantage of it. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about what we liked about the performance. I'll go first. Uh, Ray J Johnson, uh, you know, bird. I don't, you don't, you don't talk about this guy enough. Uh, he had some pivotal drops in the uh -huh, start bro. of the game. Um, and he came through with some clutch catches, including the go ahead touchdown. Uh, I really believe this, he has been an underappreciated element of the Troy offense. You know, one of the, you know, when people talk, on the boards talk badly about Joe Craddock, you know, Joe, Joe Craddock brought Ray J Johnson with him. Um, and what a big addition he's been for this offense, a big bodied receiver who can win every fight for a ball. Uh, and he did just that um, to help us go, go ahead, uh, go ahead uh, and, and eventually to win the game. Uh, Bird, how about you? What did you like about Troy's performance in this game? I'm just gonna make every every question, every answer is just gonna be Ray J Johnson from here on out. For the oh God, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I, uh, I think what I liked the most is it was nice to see that the the halftime adjustments can are still working for us. Um, do I think that's going to be something we can continue into next season? No, I hope the coaching staff can really figure out how to figure that out in the first quarter. Uh, but right now. This season, halftime adjustments has really uh, been impressive, and it's kept me on my toes. And I think it's actually made me a better Troy fan because you don't see me giving up or counting them out uh, before the third quarter even starts. So that's what I like to see. Absolutely. Bass, how about you? What did you like about Troy's performance? <clears throat> I was particularly a fan of the defense, particularly uh, right there in, in the middle of part of the game where we kind of needed some capitalization of, of – uh, 
taking advantage of some some poor things that UTSA's offense was was doing. Um, the highlight for us has got to be the four turnovers they they caused the first interception, fumbles, and then the other interception. Um, it was also nice to see UTSA sticking to their guns there with picking up nine penalties for 104 yards. That really did help us out a bit as well. But particularly, as always, the defense gets it done. For sure. Uh, let's talk about kind of the final takeaways from the Cure Bowl. Uh, Bass, go ahead and, and, and keep it going. Give me your final Cure Bowl takeaways. Uh, there's a lot to adjust in our future, but overall, this was a huge opportunity for us to springboard our program forward, and we capitalized. You know, we, we said to uh, the entirety of college football that we are the best team in the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt is here, and we are we are poised and positioned to be the premier group of five league and one of the premier group of five teams in the nation. I think we really did a good job uh, showcasing our program on a national stage and coming back and fighting some adversities. You know, sure, our offense is not what we want it to be, but that's a good selling point. And, you know, we know it's not good, but we want you to be a part of that um, and, and put our put our program on the map. Bird, how about you? What are your final Cure Bowl takeaways? Man, you know, just what a way to finish and end the season out. Uh, you know, like I said, there was – I think we can all agree there's things in that game, you know, we were kind of like – we go from a Coastal Carolina win to like over them to, you know, not playing – like almost like we just like gave it our all in that championship game. And, you know, like a bowl game, it's more for celebration and like, it's just an extra chance, another chance to play. And like, sometimes, you know, players even opt out of those games if they're declaring for the draft or transfer and whatever. Uh, but I think I agree with CBS. We've got a lot to work on coming next season. And, and, and we knew we we've known all season that we've had a lot to work on, but I like how they ended it. I like the fight that they kept in them kept in them till the end and it shows and it's you know just it's it's always good to end the season on a win oh for sure you know absolutely um you know, bowl games are all about motivation um you know who wants to be there who wants to win uh, all we heard from utsa nation from alamo dome audible um was that they wanted to win this game they were gonna break the bowl curse um, but if you look at the live look-ins on both coaches before kickoff on the telecast, uh, you know, tell me which coach looks like they're preparing their team to win a bowl game. Um, so, you know, I, I was proud to, to see us come away with a win. Um, I think that we continued um, a tradition from this season of kind of, you know, you get into a fight with a Trojan, it's going to be a 12-round bout. You can't kind of try to clock out early. Um, 12 to seven going into halftime, uh, against Troy is not going to win you the ball game, uh, nowhere even close. So, uh, proud of this team, proud of the way they stuck together. Um, and, and proud of the way that, that we continued to, to fight and, and win a bowl game, you know, and, and to keep a conference USA team, uh, from winning. That's always a good thing. Um, you know, all throughout the year, boys, starting in our preseason episode, we pick games um, and we pick them. Uh, this is the first year of our podcast that we've had postseason games to pick. Uh, so we had to do that kind of live on the spot. Um, and, and we hold each other accountable. So, uh, you know, none of us were quite optimistic enough in the preseason special we were all looking for a, a good year but a little bit less of a good year than we had 
Uh, Bird and I both tri- picked Troy to have one more win than Seabass. Um, and we we all picked Troy to win the Sunbelt Conference title. Uh, but we went into the Cure Bowl tied for the pick championship. Bird, you are the pick champion Woo! of 2022. So, oh, man. Uh, you know, speech, Bird, speech, go ahead. Speech, get, give your speech. acceptance speech, please, sir. Well, you know, as once uh, the famous Forrest Gump said, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. And <laughs> I'm not a smart man. I don't know a lot, but I love Troy football. And I'm just very thankful that Texas State won homecoming. So, because if, because, <laughs> <laughs> so go Trojans. Uh, you know, I'm looking to see one of you guys. Uh, take the mantle from me uh next year but uh i'm glad that i'm glad that i was uh my optimism (laughs) did not go unnoticed (laughs) you did man you got it congratulations uh and and speaking of bird we're gonna have a, a little bird heavy segment here uh we need to ask bird uh to scratch around in that nest of yours uh and tell the good people of trojan nation who is the cure bowl best in the nest well, I have to give the Cure Bowl best in the nest to Ray J. Johnson because he's the answer for everything now. But that's no, <laughs> what that's two times in a in a row, I think. Two times. Um maybe mm-hmm. I but you know, he came up short in the beginning of the game, definitely dropped some passes he should not have dropped. Uh, but he came in clutch with that 12-yard redemption reception for a TD that gave us the lead, and that's really what pushed us forward um, and gave our defense a chance. So I just got to give it to him because that was a game-changer, and even though it wasn't a game that was super important, he made some adjustments of himself and made sure that he wasn't going to drop an important pass again. Uh, so Ray J. Johnson, I am sorry for the neglect I've given you in the past couple of episodes, but you are this week's. <laughs> And this season's final best in the nest. Amen. Okay. Now, Bird, um, this is the minute everyone's been looking for. Maybe the answer will be the same, but tell folks who is the 2022 season's overall best in the nest? Oh, no, nobody is going to like not see this coming, but our Lord and Savior, Coach John Sumrall, has got to be the 2022 season overall best in the nest. Oh, nice. Look, 12 and 2 season, SBC championships, Cure Bowl champs, and a rebuilt culture. And he probably said something along the lines of, if you need some wins, come find me. Probably. (laughs) probably. (laughs) Well, well, absolutely. So, congrats, Coach Summerall. Clean that mantle off. Uh, and, uh, you know, get that Cure Bowl trophy out of there and get ready for a Best in the Nest trophy because it's headed your way. Do y'all think we could actually send him one? Yes, like- I think we could. <laughs> I think we should. Um, and I will – I will. let's stop at the barbecue house beforehand, but I think we could hand deliver it. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, so now we can look at the season as a whole. The season's over. Um, for Troy, which is, you know, really um, bittersweet. You know, I had such a good time this year. Troy finishes uh, our best season in FBS history. Uh, 12-2, and two, uh, we won our seventh Sun Belt Conference title. Uh, we won the Cure Bowl. 
uh, and we're all but guaranteed to spend the offseason ranked in the top 25. Bird, uh, go ahead and get us started. Uh, talk about what you think about this season. Dude, it was just a wild ride. Uh, I mean, I would have never predicted the 180 that this program did in just a short time that it did. I mean, I don't think any of the other power five FBS school, like, I don't think any of those teams could have could say that they had the season that we had the fight that we had the like, it, it was just great. Like we have something so special in this team, even with so many of our like impact players that are leaving this year. Like, you know, I'm just proud to be a Trojan fan and alumni and, you know, I'm just looking forward to 2023. Like, I'm, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe this season is already over. It's probably going to be better for my liver that it is over for now. But I look forward to the years to come and what Sumrall, the Sumrall era has to offer. Um, and I hope Troy does their part in making sure that he stays there for an, an extended period of time. Uh, Bass, what about you? Give me your, your, your overall thoughts of the 2022 season. When you go from what we did for the last three seasons to this, um, it, it's almost magic. You know, and it's all stuff that we said last season and we felt for the last couple of years is that the talent's there. The want is there. The drive is there. The itching, clawing, scratching drive to be Sunbelt champions is there. Um we just didn't have the leadership. And now I feel like we do have the leadership. And I'm hoping somebody's already talking in the athletic office and uh, with the board of trustees on, on how we keep this guy. Because if, if we pull off another great season like this next year, we might lose uh, our head coach. And I hate to say that out loud, but I'm just being real honest. Um, but this season was spectacular. I, I was honored to be a part of it watching his fan in section 116 um and i'm glad to have done it with you boys here on the troy boys and i'm glad that we had you know the following that we had this season um and uh, i'm looking forward to next year absolutely um, yeah this is a special season um and i'm really proud of the troy fan base um you know troy fans have been through uh the dark times you know the last three years have been tough um, and, and you'd gotten down to a, a real a core of people that were Troy fans that were still sticking it out. And those folks kept coming around, but new folks uh, came around. You know, even in Oxford, for the very first game, you saw Troy people you hadn't seen in four years uh, who really kind of had bought in to what John was doing. Um, and so I'm proud of the Troy fan base for, for sticking up um, understanding that in order to have a successful rebuild, you have to have fans buy in before you have proof of concept. You know, you can't wait until a team has won to become its fan. Uh, you have to start rooting for them and then they'll be successful. And, and once again, uh, the Wiregrass proves what, uh, in my mind, is the best football kind of region in the world um, because people will come be a part of something they believe in and, and by a vision that they believe in. And John Summerall has certainly um, made that vision clear. Let's go around the horn uh, and everybody highlight your, your favorite moment. Could be a specific play, could be a game, kind of whatever you'd like from the season. Uh, I'm going to go first because I'm going to steal the easy one. Um, the Sunbelt Championship game, you know, we all – Went down on the field at the same time. 
uh, as the goalposts went down behind us. Uh, I look at that picture often, uh, and it's an awesome moment. Uh, and I'm so proud, that, you know, to have you guys as my friends uh, and to have, you know, that moment be something that we experienced together. Uh, it really was a, just an amazing night and an amazing time. Uh, Bird, go ahead. What what was your best moment of the 2022 season? Oh man, Joe, your best moment. Like you almost made me tear up a little bit. I almost put it, <laughs> almost put a tear in my paradise now. Like, Oh gosh, uh, man, there was, there was so many moments this season. Like there, it's really hard to pick one, but I think the one that resonates with me most or that I just like really just keep thinking about when we were at the SBC championship game, you were behind me and I got to hear you exclaim, no, scream very loudly. You were at 116 and you, everybody over in the student section heard you go, I've been waiting to see Grayson McCall get hit like that in the vet for years. Like, <laughs> dude, you you were on fire. And like Grayson McCall had been getting beat up that game and you were so hyped. Like, man, that I think that was the best moment because that right there, that was proof enough for us like we have one of the best defense in the country and just your excitement at that that said it all well i sure appreciate that uh bass how about you what is your favorite moment from the 2022 season i'm gonna keep mine really simple it's gonna be the marshall game we win 16 to 7 at home uh in the vet why against a marshall team that had come off of an impressive win against Notre Dame, kind of had a squirrely moment there against Bowling Green, which we had talked about on our preview. That yeah, that was the game that I feel like we could have either flopped for the rest of the season or we could have put the foot down and fixed it. And I think we did some things to capitalize on uh, the hurt that we had the previous week against App State. I'm going to bring it up. It comes up every week. It might as well be me this time. Um, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, we had that devastating loss against App State, we could have either laid down and took it the rest of the season, or we could have, we could have stepped up and did what we did this season. And we did it, you know, uh, we had an impressive string of 11 straight wins, which we currently still hold that streak of, we can walk into next season against Kansas State and make it 12. Absolutely. Um, a, a fantastic season for sure. And so many great moments. Um, we could talk about it, uh, for, for hours and hours, you know, I, I can't believe looking back, um, you know, on, on the bird, you know, when the bird was nearly caged by the Oxford Police Department, um, oh my gosh. That, that we would go <laughs> from there to where we are today. So um, what what a special season. And because of that, I, I don't want to rush into next season, uh, but I do want us to talk about National Signing Day, uh, which just passed us by. Um, you know, it is time to start looking uh, to what the 2023 Troy Trojans team is going to look like. Um, and, you know, we've got a, a kind of a few portal announcements, some national signing, uh, signing day. Uh, we've got some uh, guys are coming from the draft. Um, let's talk about the portal first. Um, you know, a few notable names in the portal from our roster this year. Um, Tez Johnson. Peter Costelli, Anthony Lewis, Elijah Culp, and Charles Strong. Um, obviously, Tez Johnson is the most recognizable name from that list, unless you're a TroyFans.com subscriber. 
Um, and then, of course, Peter Costelli is. Um, but Tez, you know, uh, played a big role for us this year. Uh, either of you guys have have any kind of big thoughts uh, about these guys entering the portal? I'm I'm kind of sad to see Tez Johnson go. Uh, you know, I I felt like he was crucial in a couple of games that we had this season that really put us over. And you know, I just feel like he's had a good season. But I think I mentioned this the other day. Uh, maybe the the heaviness on the run game for us, like trying to balance it out, maybe that scared him a little bit, and maybe. Or maybe he's just feel like he's done what he can at Troy. I don't know. But I just I feel like it's so hard to come off an epic season like this where you were very key in a you know couple of games. Like I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me, but you know, I also I wish him the best. And you know, seeing these names in the portal, like I I guess that gives other Troy players who are, you know, faithful to the team and want to stay on and have their opportunity. I guess it's time for us to start recognizing some un some people we don't recognize. Um, maybe, maybe we need that. You know, maybe we need a fresh, a fresh slate uh, to fix some of these things that we need to work on. But uh, you know, I, I wish these guys the best. And uh, if somebody can ever find out what happened to Tucker Kilcrease, too, uh, just let me know. Um, yeah, but no, ab- <laughs> absolutely. You know, and I think, um, I think Tez. You know, you. I mean, he did so much, so many great things for the program. I do hate to see him go. I do agree with you. I think we've had a change in what we're looking for out of that position. You know, I mean, um, you have Joe Craddock talking about um, that the first thing he says to his wide receivers are that if they can't block, they will not start. You know, and Tez is a he's a small wide receiver. Um, you know, if if you watch a look, go back and watch a lot of plays that are run plays to the outside. Tez can't block a 6'2 cornerback. You know what I mean? Um, he's a smaller guy. Um, and so, you know, I wish him the best at Penn State for sure. Um, and, you know, I, I will miss him. I thought that he um, really embodied the spirit of, of the Troy football team. Uh, but I, I harbor no ill will, obviously. Um Center Jake Andrews and uh, defensive tackle Will Cholo have announced uh, that they would forgo their final years of eligibility to enter the NFL draft. Um, Bass, any thoughts about those two guys that are going to go ahead and and pursue their professional careers a little early? Uh, I got I I have two opinions on, on, you know, uh, move going to the draft early. I. And this is one of those things that some people have really strong opinions about. So I don't want to, you know, piss people off. But my, my two thoughts are this one, declare, get yourself out there, still healthy, and start making that money. Or two, get your degree to where if something does happen to you, you have a path, you have something you can do. Um, and, and I, I don't know how. I particularly feel generally about these players moving into the draft, but I think that I think it's more advantageous in the long run to get your degree and finish. That's just my opinion. Um, because if you do go into the draft and you manage to land yourself a gig and you're sitting on a scout team somewhere and injure yourself with a career ending injury, you know, you're one, what are you doing after that? Um, so I, I just I look long term at these kinds of things. It's great for him. It's great for their family right now. 
but what does it look like in two years? Um, and I, I just – that's why I'm always hesitant about finishing early um, and going to draft. And that, that's just my personal thoughts on it all, though. For sure. Yeah, you know, we wish the best of luck, um, everybody that moves on uh, from the Troy program. Uh, you know, we thank you for your time with the Trojans and, and wish you the best as you move forward, uh, however that might be, um, especially if you have earned a degree from Troy University because we want our alums uh, to be as successful as possible. Um, let's talk about some future Trojans uh, on National Signing Day. Uh, Troy inked 23 players uh, with 20 having been announced and three they're going to hold ceremonies later. Uh, Troy Messenger did a great job of breaking down these 20 players. Uh, I encourage everyone listening to this to go check out their coverage, uh, get hyped over the Trojans. There's there's highlight videos for you to watch, um, you know, boys, let's pick one new Trojan apiece. Uh, and break down what has us excited uh, about their potential on the gridiron for Troy. Uh, Bird, I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, so I decided I wanted to go with linebacker Keyshawn Campbell. Uh, you know, with Carlton Marshall, you know, leaving us, you know, it's uh, there's going to be a huge void to fill. Uh, he was a very impactful player, and, you know, I really want to look to see what is Summerall on them. Like, what are they doing to make sure that we have those guys in there able to make the same kind of impact plays that Carlton Marshall played? Because he's, he's going to be a standard for a long time. Um, but uh, Keyshawn Campbell, a, not a noticeable stat, you know, in 2021, he had a total of 49 tackles with 10 for loss. And uh, I don't know, those are just numbers I like to see from a recruit who could potentially be taking up the mantle like that in a year or two. I mean, Carlton Marshall's first season with Troy as a walk-on, he had 38 solo tackles. So, I mean, I know that Keyshawn Campbell, that stat is from high school, but, you know, sometimes that carries over. And I feel like he's going to be very key to our defense maintaining the high level of performance that they had this year. Absolutely. Um, I want to highlight Tyquarius Perry. Uh, a defensive end from Jackson Olin High School in Birmingham. He's 6'2", 265 pounds, had offers from Coastal, Georgia Southern, Southern Miss, South Alabama, Marshall, and Arkansas. Uh, he had 62 tackles his senior year, 24 and a half tackles for loss, and 13 and a half sacks. Uh, is an absolute monster when it comes to getting after the ball carrier and finding where the ball is. Uh, and most importantly, his nickname is Sugar Wolf. That is the coolest nickname in all of college football. So, uh, Tyquarius Sugar Wolf Perry, welcome to the Trojan Nation. I cannot wait uh, to see you do terrible things to our uh, opposing offenses. Bass, how about you? I'm going to be real simple. Deshaun Batiste, defensive lineman, 6'2", 250 pounds, from John F. Kennedy High School out of New Orleans, Louisiana, is known as the Reaper, two-time All-State yeah, defensive of the year. Signed with Troy with offers from ULM, South Alabama, Southern Miss, and Tulane. I think we know all those guys. Um, he's currently rated three stars right now from 247 Sports. He's got all kinds of district awards, MVP, defensive lineman of the year, player of the year, blah, 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 blah. Um, you name it, he's probably earned it. 22 sacks in his junior year. He's a three-sport athlete, plays baseball, basketball, and football. 
looking forward to having this absolute unit on the D-line at Troy. All right. So, uh, you know, kind of finish this National Signing Day breakdown um, with kind of a controversial question. I'm going to be honest with you, boys. Um, you know, this is a good recruiting class, I feel like, um, but we're comparing it against the last few recruiting classes um, that were by our last head coach. Um, and those uh, recruiting classes broke uh, records for Troy. Those were, um, you know, the best recruiting classes in Troy's history. And we are now seeing the fruit of that. Um, how do y'all feel about this class? And, and you know, how do you feel it stacks up, stacks up to what you've seen in the, in the past few years? Bass, I'll let you get started. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, I was actually listening to some podcasts today that kind of talked about how recruiting classes are being ranked right now and how it just seems different than in years past but we kind of have a similar ranking overall schematic. You know what I'm, I don't even know how to explain it, but the, the general gist is that you can't look right at what signing classes look like because signing classes right now are not done until February. And the big hitters, the big programs, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Michigans of the world, they're the ones that are signing super hard right now because money is actually on the line. NILs are actually on the line and it's a, you sign now or it's gone kind of thing. And so you get these big heavy hitters that get taken care of and then everybody else is floodgated to where they belong. You know, they actually find their home after this opening stretch of early signing period has ended. So I, I, I don't think we can actually look right now and say what Troy's overall signing is going to look like for this season. I think we need to wait until the end of January, early February to truly assess um, what, what we have right now, because I I think that recruiting overall, the name of the game is just inherently different. The the, the landscape of recruiting has changed the way that we rate players. is almost different. Now, if you go look and watch, you have players that were probably a three-star athlete, mid-tier, so, you know, maybe a 75 overall. And then they go sign with a big-name school, not going to insert names, and they magically turn into an 81 because of where they went. Um, and, uh, and that, to me, doesn't sit right because we're changing it probably for money, for ultimately uh, endorsement deals at the end of the day. Um, it kind of skews the look at the program because right now we have some absolute studs on our on our roster that we've signed that probably lost you know a, a decent rating because they decided to go to troy um and, and in you know we can say entities that do the rankings the entities that put out the rankings overall of of our recruiting classes are ones that that are, are for profit they make money doing this um so at, at the end of the day i think that recruiting and signing day is just different. It hasn't lost its luster. It's still awesome. It's great to see these wonderful players sign for Troy. Um, but I think that the overall attitude is the way we look at signing day has got to change because signing day is not one day. It's a period. Absolutely. Bird, how about you? How do you feel about this recruiting class? Uh, I mean, I can't say it any better than Seabass um, said it, but, you know, just to kind of piggyback off a little bit, like recruiting – and signing day, like you said, are two different things. And recruiting, coaches have to be a lot more strategic and a lot more intentional 
now that there are so many other variables that have to be considered and you got to be careful with with people who come to troy with people that john sumrall is allowing to himself to recruit i fully believe and trust him that these are going to be guys whose heart is in the game but sometimes you're going to run into guys that they're they're there for they're they are there for those nil deals and they're going to you know go on to wherever they want to later on and you know i'm not you know, no names and I don't have any specific examples, but the atmosphere in college football has changed. And when you look at things like that, like you really got to think about it. Like, how is that going to evolve? Because we see how the NFL is. We see how those guys play games and how money is thrown around. And like, sometimes the heart's just not there. I think recruitment is going to be shaped different in the years to come. And like, Coaches like John Summerall, I feel like, are some of the last coaches that actually are recruiting to play the game and not just make money off these kids. So I guess we'll see. I'm excited about the the, the guys coming in. It seems like we've got a good, you know, 20 or so, you know, ready to go and ready to get to work. Um, but, you know, we'll see what, you know, spring shows us and go from there. Absolutely. All right. So now as we, as we move a little bit forward, also take a, a little bit of a look back. Uh, Bass, it is time to get in to the best segment on the show, uh, and that is when I open the tackle box, get some lures out, throw it into the lake, uh, and see if the Troy Boys Nation can catch the bass from this week's tackle box. Uh, this week, our friend Boom Boom uh, from down in Troy's home away from home on the bay <laughs> has sent in a laundry list of lures for you to deal with, Bass. Uh, okay. So let's get into them one at a time. Um, so I'll give them to you. I'll let you answer, and then I'll give you another one. Uh, so the first one is, is this Troy's best year since joining FBS? Uh, I'll say yes, with the second being the 2016 season. Next. Perfect. Um, with all of this year's accomplishments, Will anything short of a New Year's Six Bowl next year be a letdown? Um, will it be a letdown? No. I think if we don't win the conference championship, I think that's where the letdown will happen. I think that because if we don't, I think us not making it will be a big issue. I think us making it and not winning will be an issue um, because that's become you know, now the standard. You know, it's one of those you've shown us we can do it. Let's do it again kind of things. Um you know, I, I think the current landscape of college football kind of puts us at a disadvantage uh, with New Year's Six thing. We, we, the Sun Belt as a whole needs to grow, and it, it needs to it needs to flourish a little more. Uh, we could all say that we're you know the best of the best, but you know when it, when we put the rubber on the road, sometimes we haven't haven't done our part as a conference. Um, you know, some of these teams coming in thought they were going to be you know uh, slinging it hard today, uh, but they weren't. Uh, because they were playing in, you know, the husk that was the CUSA. Um, and they, they moved their way over here and they found out that there's, there's some tougher competition out there. But I think that this game that we had against UTSA was a good statement for us to sit there and say, we can compete with the American Conference. We can do it. So don't, don't, don't count us out yet. Um, but I think we need to get on that level right now at, at Tulane making the New Year's Six, the future American Conference continuing to be the, the premier group of five team. Absolutely. Um, the third question he's got here for you, um, he, you know, he says you have to think with all his success in such a short amount of time, uh, Summerall is bound to draw attention from the power five schools. 
realistically, do you think next year will be John Summerall's last year at Troy? If he wins the conference championship, then yes. Yeah, then, then he's. Uh, they, I think he's done. He's demonstrated that he can take another coach's who was in essence a, a failure coach from what was handed to him before um, and turn it around in, in one season, go 12 wins, most wins in that program's FBS history, bowl game, winning it, and then repeat it. I, I think that that screams successful um, it can take what you have and spin it to, to being successful. And I think any power five program on the cusp of, of excellence, you know, uh, right there on the edge of being what they want to be. We'll look at him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Bass, I hate to, you know, I hope you've supped because uh, unfortunately this last lure is actually for me um, oh? because his, his fourth question says, Joe, what does crow not crows taste like? Um, and, uh, you know, I will, uh, I'll tell you what it tastes like, my friend. It tastes like the, uh, the blooming onion I had down in Orlando, Florida, uh, at the outback near the stadium. It tastes delicious. Um, it was exactly what I hoped to eat. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm very, very happy. So I, I will, I will, I will take whatever, uh, you know, whatever beating I must take. Um, you know, happy to be wrong. Um, I sat in that stadium yelling and screaming um, for myself to be wrong and, and happy that it worked out. Guys, I want to, you know, as a just a general tackle box question, I want us to spend just a minute on this um, because it's become a big thing in Sunbelt social media. Um, you know, Sunbelt social media has grown a lot since our conference mates have joined that have, have engorged the rank of the conference. Um, and there's kind of this idea out there that once bowl season starts, you should just start rooting for all the Sunbelt schools. You know, like if you're a Troy fan, you should root for Louisiana beat to beat Houston because we want the Sunbelt to have a great bowl record. Um, and I don't necessarily think that that's dumb. Um, I will tell you that I struggle when it's like. Say that. I did. We need, bleep, we need bleep to get the out. Jaguar sound out and cover it up. Yeah. Bleep it out, please. Um, but like, I mean, that, you know, I'm not. So apparently I'm not a good Sunbelt fan because like I'm just I'm not going to root for those dudes ever. Like, I don't, I just don't care who they're playing. I'm not going to root for them. I'm rooting look, for whoever they're playing. What, how do y'all feel about this? Look, look, if you go out into any city in the state of Alabama and find any Alabama or Auburn fan, you tell me how many of those fans are actually rooting for the opposite team or any other team in the SEC to win their bowl games. Right. Like it's 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 not like I would rather Troy have a great bowl record than any other team in the SBC have a good bowl record because that shows how elite that shows how elite we are. Like yeah, the conference needs some recognition. The conference needs to be recognized as a 
very competitive conference, very competitive region of football. But also, I'm not going to root for the Mobile Alley Cats to win because I absolutely despise them and hope that their IKEA stadium falls apart in the next two years. Like, I, I like, like, I don't like people who get butt hurt about that. They're just really trying to do that. Like, it's their ego and their pride. It's like, oh, like we're better than you because like we can set aside our personal feelings. Like, I don't care. Go kick rocks. I'm a Troy fan and I'm going to root for Troy and I'm going to hope that somehow both of you guys who are both SBC teams in the same bowl game, I hope y'all are both going to lose at some point. <laughs> you both win. Great. No one can win. Yeah, no one. Um, yeah. I, look, here's my thoughts. Okay. As a Troy fan, I think we should mutually agree that there's a specific list of teams that we never really want to ever see win. And I think it's, Name a, really those teams. Short, it's a really short list. It's those boys down in Mobile. Mm-hmm. That's one. Two is going to be the Iron yep. City Lizards. Okay. Number three is going to be the Murfreesboro yep. Blue Losers. And then number four is going to be the Northeast Alabama Redcocks. It's a really simple list, people. And if you can get behind those four teams, maybe you're not really a Troy Trojan. Okay? Yeah, maybe, and I'm, maybe you're just posing. I agree with but, that. But I, I also agree with the concept of if somebody else in the Sun Belt is playing a game and it's against a team that really has no dog in the hunt for me or the Troy Trojans, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll root for them to win. But when it comes to those boys down in Mobile, uh, I'll let Western Kentucky take it. All right, boys. <laughs> Y'all have heated it up, uh, heated it up enough already, uh, but I'm going to bring it to an either even higher level of flame uh, by bringing everybody in to the TroyFans.com Inferno uh, to introduce all of Troy Boys Nation once more to the TroyFans.com Hot Take of the Week. It's so hot outside. No, wait, it's really cold. The weather is it's really freezing. It's freezing right now. Um, yeah, no, it literally is so cold. I, I, I can hear my faucets dripping. Why is this weather uh, down here? Uh, even with all has, that Troy has done to come back in games and claw our way back to victories all season, uh, the game day thread... Uh, during the first half of the Cure Bowl was full of some real absolute nuclear fire, Chernobyl-level stuff. Uh, And this week's uh, winner uh, can join me in eating crow, like uh, Boom Boom suggested that I do, after this gym, uh, which said, quote, I hope they enjoyed Universal. I hope it was worth it. We're here to win the win the football game. Are you? Well, all right, bro. I'm gonna take it they were we're there to win the football game because yeah. they did win the football game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you... yeah. yeah, that was tough. That was a tough bit of analysis. Um, you know, and and you were this is early in the second quarter. I would next time I would let it you know let it mellow a little bit. It's this Troy team. We. I mean, twelve to seven is like our forty-two to nothing for any other team. So next time, you know, give it a give it a rest. Um, for the hottest take of the year, I've got an award already ready. Um, 
I'm going to give the award to the admins at troyfans.com. Nice. Um, yeah, who went ahead uh, and <laughs> through some computer wizardry, uh, anytime someone types the name Chip Lindsay, it is replaced with the phrase, the coach we do not speak of. Um, and I, I feel like we started yeah. that. We should get paid for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I appreciate the TroyFans.com admins uh, for really, you know, keeping us uh, on task uh, and, and making sure that we were all, uh, you know, abiding by the spirit of John Summerall's Trojan Nation. So, uh, congratulations, TroyFans.com admins. Uh, for for doing the right thing. Uh, thank you for running the hottest message board in the history uh, of TroyFans.com uh, football. So, uh, guys, that about settles it. I can't believe it. Um, we started this way back in July when it was hot uh, in the grandest valley of Alabama. Now it's freezing uh here uh so we have officially made it to uh, another year um but i want to hear any final comments that y'all have uh as we get ready for next season birdman any final comments for the the people of troy boys nation what a season what a what a ride man i've said it several times this episode already this has been so much fun uh you know last year when we started this I really didn't know where we were going with it. And then it kind of just steered itself, man, just so much to talk about. Like there's so much more that we could say, like we could do a whole nother, you know, season just based on the things that went on this season. Uh, so man, I'm just, I'm just proud to be a Troy fan. I am proud to be an alumni of this great school. I'm, I'm proud to be able to do Troy boys with you guys and be able to, do this podcast and i'm just i'm very excited for the future and i'm sad to see football season go but i also know that that's that's not the end like we still have we still have a ton of big things coming for this program and we have we're gonna have all the hottest takes in 2023 and uh yeah man y'all are y'all are great i love you guys and i i love troy nation and i love all the people who follow troy boys so make sure y'all send them to go follow us on instagram social media and you know We'll be back in 116 next season doing the same thing. Absolutely. Bass, flip those spins around. Oh, so, tell me flipping, how you feel. Flipping and flattering. It's, it's been a fantastic season. Uh, it's been an honor to do it with y'all and, and the rest of the Troy Boys followers. I'm um, looking forward to another wonderful season next year in Section 116 with you guys. But, um, yeah, in, in all seriousness, I don't think that I can – properly encapsulate in just a couple of words what this season has done for uh, the school as a whole. Uh, yeah, I feel like we have pushed ourselves beyond the limit of what we thought we could do in one season, turning around with a new head coach. Uh, and, and I think that we are really poised in position for another wonderful season. I look forward to doing it again next year. Look out. There are going to be some changes to Troy boys coming keep an eye out. You'll see some of it. You'll hear some of it. And uh, we're not done in the off season. We'll have some episodes here and there kind of catching you up on things going on in Troy Trojan nation. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, what a, what a special time. And, um, you know, I, I think we all have been so blessed uh, to be a part 
of this special season. Um, but we know there's there there are more hills to climb, uh, and we're gonna get there. And I have no doubt about that. Um, so guys, uh, Bird, Bass, what an absolute pleasure of a year it has been. Yeah, it has been this squad with you. Yeah, thank it's been y'all, so good. Thank y'all for uh for listening to us. You know, everybody out there in the Troll Boys Nation, we can't do it without the listeners. For sure. Yeah, and and, uh, and to just to talk to you guys and and go through all the things we have this year and uh you know, I I'm kind of bringing to mind all the different places I've recorded from uh this season some some best westerns in Virginia all the way to to here I am in my home and and what a what a special time. I'm so excited to see Trojan Nation embrace it. Uh, and I can't wait to see what we do going forward. So uh, to end this season, 2022 season, uh, I'll say go Trojans. And God bless you, Blaze Brand. Mm-hmm.